all, and welcome to episode 22 of the Hillcrest Duo. Today is Saturday, February 13th, 2016. We've got a great show coming your way, but I am your host, Brad Risto. I'm out at Outsider Brad on Twitter. I'm joined by Metal John. He is at Metal John Radio on Twitter. Brad. Yes. 13s are wild. Yeah, they are, because we have a lot of 13s today. Obviously, today is the 13th. We have to talk about the 13th episode of Supergirl, the 13th episode of Season 2 of The Flash, and then, of course, the 13th episode of Arrow, all coming your way today. But before we get any farther, we also will have a recap of Deadpool, full spoiler warning, coming your way. But first, actually, one thing we saw just before Deadpool started was the final trailer for Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. And what did you think of it? Action-packed. I, I mean, yeah. Um, one thing, one key takeaway, something I haven't really mentioned on the podcast, but just something I was wondering, Yeah, was where were we going to be able to see Batman doing Batman stuff? Because yeah. we really didn't know if this movie was going to be like retired Batman coming out only to fa- fight Superman, but it looked like from the very beginning of this trailer, like Batman is doing Batman stuff. He's like still Batman. Fighting crime. And then, you know, so it's like he's still, he's not retired. He's never retired. He's just Batman. More you know? importantly, he's fighting crime with the help of Alfred, which I was awesome. I love that. That was, that was a nice little touch, too, which, but, you know, we know, like, in the in the animated series, Alfred did a lot, you know. Oh, Alfred and, Pennyworth is a badass. But yeah. one thing that I loved about this one is that it did not focus on Superman, because my big problem with all the old trailers was it focused more on Superman, and I can... Uh, just give you all sorts of reasons why Superman is a boring character. But in this one, it focused on Bruce Wayne and Batman. And more importantly, you got to see some uh, good stuff of Deanna and Wonder Woman. Which yeah. Which was the best part. Yeah. And still, Aquaman, MIA, which is cool. So obviously, they're going to hide him for the movie. Yeah. Even though they put out like promotional art and f- toys, they've put a lot of Aquaman stuff out for us to see. They just haven't put him in any of the trailers. Yeah. So. Maybe, sort of like, maybe the rumors of Aquaman not having a big presence in the movie is true, which is fine with me, but I'm guessing he is going to be present and it's going to be for like a badass scene, you know, yeah. and they just don't want to even give you hints at that scene. Well, so. it's sort of like Spider-Man in Captain America versus Captain America Civil War. You haven't seen one thing of him. You haven't even seen his costume yet and you have no idea what he's going to do and it's just making you want to see that even more. Yep. But yes, it was a very good trailer. It makes you really want to see it. This is the first trailer I've actually seen that made me actually want to see it and be hopeful for it because I thought this could have been a really, it was a giving me this kind of bad vibe that it was going to be the two Terminator Genesis of the year. Lots of hype that just doesn't follow through. This is the first one that gives me hope. Well, I'll disagree with you on that, but let's go to talk about something we do agree on. Deadpool, which was a great, great movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, director Tim Miller, who did Scott Pilgrim versus the World, mm-hmm. and this movie, re- when you when you hear that he did Scott Pilgrim versus the World, you kind of yeah, that makes you kind of enjoy a lot more of the inside jokes. Yes. Like this movie, um, it's rated R. It's very vulgar. It's very sexual, uh, and it kind of makes fun of itself and oh, it's God, sort yes. of a parody and makes fun of a lot of the a lot of the Marvel universe stuff. Yes. And that's where the the Scott Pilgrim versus the World thing is where that movie kind of made fun of itself in a way and kind of made fun of like little video game memes and things. Mm-hmm. And this movie was just loaded with that. And well I it mean, had it was, the 
Let me just um, I'm not going to give anything away, but this movie has one of the best opening title sequences you will ever see in any superhero film ever. Yeah, and you've got to pay attention to everything because, yes. I mean, like you said at the beginning of the show, we are going to have spoilers. We're not going to ruin everything, but we're going to talk about content and things that we yes. liked and things that you know really stood out to yes. us. And, yeah, and the opening- I have one little thing that I'll probably um, neg on, but... It's so minor, it's not even um, probably uh, going to hurt you. I'd be interested to hear that, because I really didn't have any problems with this movie. But like you said, the opening title um, scenes, man, that like... Just just to throw out like some of the stuff that really was funny during that was obviously the Green Lantern photo. Yes. Um, that well, was... the, the sexiest man of the year of Ryan Reynolds in yeah. the cab. And... Uh, and, and not only were the opening title credits really funny, but the Credit. end credits. Well, yes. With a little animation, the Deadpool <laughs> animation, like running around the bottom of the screen as the credits were rolling. Mm-hmm. Hysterical. Well, um, my, the thing is, when you watch the opening credits, they are listing the actors, but they aren't listing the actors. Yep. <laughs> because of my, the love interest. British voiced villain. Yeah. One is one of my favorite ones. Overpaid yeah. hack for director. Yep. And then for the writers, the real heroes here. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the writers, uh, Rit Reese and Paul Winnick, those guys also wrote together Zombieland and G.I. Joe Retaliation, nice. which um, the opening credits, what's funny about that is as soon as those started, I was thinking Zombieland the whole time. Yeah. And it's funny because those guys wrote Zombieland, mm-hmm. um, and then you had this opening title credits, which is the same thing. It was all like basically – a freeze frame with camera just kind of panning through the different things going on in that frame. Yes. And, uh, and very, very... Uh, very awesome. Really kind of set the tone for what we were in for in that movie. Um, but... Let's focus... I, one, one question I got for you to think about, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about at the end, is I want to know where it's going to rank on your list of Marvel movies. And and we'll, we'll get to that. Marvel overall but, or um, Marvel, uh, Fox? Marvel. Mar- Marvel. Anything okay. Marvel. We'll we'll talk about that um, when we wrap up our Deadpool conversation, but um, you know all the inside jokes. Yes, uh, being rated R and vulgar. I mean, this is what what I think I've been wanting since Kick Ass because I felt like Kick Ass gave us that, right. and I was like, finally, and Super, another like low budget, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Kick Ass like R rated, you know, superhero movie. Finally, we got more of a recognizable guy. We, get, we have um, an A-list um, a superhero here, and you've got a big studio like the Marvel Group. Well, Fox, the, or yeah, Marvel Fox putting this out, and you have A-list actor playing Deadpool, the guy who's been trying to play this role for eleven years, finally getting to pull it off. Absolutely. And can I just say, say one thing about Ryan Reynolds that makes me really mad? Him, ugly and scarred Wade Wilson. Still looks better than me. You put ugly scarred Wade Wilson next to me, the girl's gonna go straight for him. The high cheekbones and the muscles, like, yeah, I'm gonna go to the uh, with the ugly mug. <laughs> that that's it, the worst part. It's like, you know, it's it's funny. A, no matter what, he's still Ryan Reynolds. I'm glad you brought that up because remember uh, in the scene where after he's all scarred up, he's kind of wearing that hoodie and he's walking the streets and uh-huh. everybody's just giving him like a death stare. Yeah, and then like this one guy's like, oh, is that guy ugly? <laughs> who talks like that? Who ta- no one talks who, like that. Like, who sees somebody walking out of the street? Oh, that guy's ugly. Yeah, when people do that to you, they just do it to themselves. Oh, my God, that guy's ugly. Yeah. Or they just tweet it. Oh, look at that 
ugly dude. I just may I take a quick um a picture of you selfie. This how ugly guy was walking behind me. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he still looks better than probably about seven out of ten guys in that city. Yeah. Because it's still Ryan Reynolds. Oh, let's well. talk about some of our favorite moments. I, I I'm just gonna throw this out there. Not not. I mean, I loved the movie from start to finish. Yeah. But one thing that I think was the jewel of the movie. Yeah. Stanley's cameo. Yeah. By far the best cameo Stanley has ever done. <laughs> yes. His cameo in this, and his he's got two lines. I don't want to repeat any of them because I think they're awesome. Um, but <laughs> his cameo was. We'll, great. we'll tell you what it is. He he was he was the DJ at the strip club, mm-hmm. and just with his headphones hanging on and. Oh, that's, that was awesome. And coming up to the stage next, oh, beautiful. Hey, Metal, yeah. that's future you. Yeah, <laughs> that is future me. But um, my favorite scene, my absolute favorite scene was Deadpool's fight with Colossus, or lack thereof, as he beats himself up by trying to punch Colossus. Everyone's afraid of the Tyrannosaurus. Yeah, and then and then remember he's like, oh, he goes, I feel bad for your wife. No, what he got because he goes for the low blow and breaks his foot. Your poor wife. Yeah. Just the best scene. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I, I thought Colossus was really well done in this. And, you know, one thing, uh, we, you know, when we saw it, I kind of was asking. So it was Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Is she a real X-Men or is she uh, uh, somebody who is just out there? I looked it up. She is a real X-Men. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like a made-up character for the movie. Um, she doesn't really have a whole lot of detail to her. She was, you know, she kind of was, uh, I guess, doing a lot of telepathic stuff yeah. you know and, and some she's of the a comics, she's a so. somewhat minor gamma character and within the x-men pathos but hey she's there and she was almost kind of like a goth version of kitty pride or something yeah. you know but she was fun in this one <laughs> yeah i mean and oh man when the movie was like making fun of like low budget studio jokes the digs yes. on wolverine were the best oh, God, i mean yes. i I'm had not, to find- I, I, i'll be the first to admit wolverine is my least favorite x-men Least favorite X-Men. You are just wrong. And let me guess, you like um, Cyclops. No, I'm a, I like Beast. Oh, okay, I'll give you that. And remember, Beast was crapping on his lawn, too. I love what he told he told Colossus. He goes, tell Beast a good shit on my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, uh, yeah, I love the digs on Wolverine that, where he's like wearing the uh, Hugh Jackman cutout face. Oh, yes. Awesome. <laughs> And did you catch too when uh, he had the little action figure of himself? Yes. It was a replica that looked like Deadpool from the X Men Wolverine oh, movie. Oh God, that origin was... movies where he's got the tattoos and the mouth sewn shut. And that, that, the one that almost killed the. I so mean, he's got an action figure of that character in this movie, which is pretty which funny. Which means that movie exists. I don't know. I love uh, Deadpool's fourth wall breaking, which I suppose brings me to my one gripe with this film, and that was the fact that it was an origin story, and they spent. So much time I under, on it. This is a character where you don't need to waste half the movie with the origin story. You could have just had him do a quick five-minute narration. Yeah. Because, I mean, he pretty much narrated and talked to the camera the entire yes. movie. So he it was just, very Kevin Spacey House of Cards. Yes, you know, was, a lot it, of that just talked to the mm-hmm. camera and then go back to, to, to the to scene. Going on. And so he could have just completely narrated his completely or, origin story. But I realized why they had to do it because they had to say... Why he's um, going for his girl, obviously, and that's yeah. the only reason why they had to do so much detail on the origin. Were you okay with them kind of going back and forth with like, all oh, right, yeah, we're starting con- off here, and, and then we're gonna we're gonna oh wait, let me tell you the story, and then you jump back, and I then you come back, that. and then you jump, kept jumping. I liked that actually. All right. 
I did love the 90s soundtrack. You had oh, yeah. some 90s rap. You had DMX, X Gonna Give It To You. Yep. You had uh, Salt and Pepper Shoop, which was in the trailer a lot. And then uh, one of the best is Wham. Yes, Wham. You, got, uh, you have wham. to earn the Wham. Earn the Wham. Uh, an Easter egg I found. Yeah. I didn't hear it. I'm disappointed in myself for not hearing it, but in my second viewing, I will listen for it. When he's playing with the radio, I think it's when he's getting his head pushed into the radio and it keeps changing channels. Yeah. Ow. The sounder, Ow. the sounder of the Batman transition theme is played <laughs> from the old TV series. <laughs> yeah. So you got to listen for that. Nice. Um. <laughs> but um, this movie, like all Marvel movies, does have an end credit scene. Yeah. Once again, completely breaks the fourth wall. And you know what? I was thinking to myself. What kind of end credit scene would be in this movie? But I was thinking about it during the credits, and I instantly thought to myself, "I'm like, it's gonna be an end credit scene that makes fun of end credit scenes." And, and that's exactly sure what it did. It made <laughs> it, it made a callback to one of the first end credit scenes that um uh, was pretty much out there, and one of the more famous end credit scenes. I'm not gonna tell you which one. Most people can probably figure it out. Most people have probably seen it. But if you haven't, I'm not going to give it away, but it calls back to one of the originals. Yeah. OG end credit scene. <laughs> An OG. I got a question for you, though, too, and I was wondering this when watching the movie. Yeah. Uh, the final fight scene, this yeah. thing that looked like a ship, you, was that was that a helicarrier? I could only assume it was a helicarrier that had crashed. Yeah, because, I mean, almost from one angle it looked like it was basically like a boat and dry like, dock like yeah like like they had risen like an aircraft carrier from like the bottom of the ocean and all these holes gutted in it and stuff mm-hmm. and they were rebuilding it um but yeah cuz we never really understood why the mafia guys were hiding out on it yeah like we don't understand what the well, location Well we never really means. understand what um uh, the what Francis's motivation is other than to be a jerk yeah, he. Th- that's that's another criticism I have. Is yes, Francis is the guy he's out to get, but why he's continuing to be a villain is uh, never really explained. Yeah. Well, and the girl that played um, Vanessa, mm-hmm. uh, Marina uh, Bachran, uh Leah from Gotham. She mm-hmm. was also in Homeland. She's getting mm-hmm. around. Yeah, <laughs> she's getting around her heroes. Yes, <laughs> she is. She's getting around her heroes. But overall, as we give our final word here on Deadpool. I couldn't recommend it enough. Obviously, there are some flaws because they had to do the origin story, but all that makes me think is how great a sequel could be when they're not going to be bogged down by having to tell an origin at all. It's just going to be go straight into the action, and I look forward to that. Yeah, I I agree, and I hope they keep up with this rated R thing. I hope they keep it vulgar and sexual Mm -hmm. because, I mean, this is... Don't wimp out I'm so sick of the Disney stuff, so it's nice to kind of get... A relief from that. It's, Marvel. It's going to be worth a second viewing. I'm going to go see it a second time for sure. Don't wimp um, out now. Let me ask you this. Where does it rank on your list of Marvel movies? Like, what is your... First of all, tell me, what's your favorite Marvel movie, Brad? You know what? Um, Captain America 2, Winter Soldier. That's in my top my top five. I, my, I think my number one still is Iron Man. That That's my number two. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, think I, like, this is, I like Iron Man. I mean, X-Men 2... I mean, would be I mean, uh, yeah. Nightcrawler running through the White House and stuff, and then you've got Winter Soldier. I mean, those are like my top. Those have always been kind of my top. The first three that come to mind. This, this is one, top five. I'm, I'm this one. I'm putting right behind Iron Man. I think I'm I going think, Iron Man one, Deadpool two. I think I have this one like probably three. I'm going three, number three. Iron go. Man, 
is there, Captain America's Winter Soldier, and then this one. Because it is just so much. It's just pure fun. And it's a great date movie, too, when you think about it. I would I would take a girl on the date to go see Deadpool. <laughs> I would. Maybe yes. she could get on Tinder and take a girl tomorrow Swipe to left. See it. <laughs> Swipe left. Hey, you want to go see Deadpool with me? Hey, baby, want to go see Deadpool? That's a... By the way, I was we had an idea for worst pickup lines. I think that was one of the, that's one of them that you could put. Wanna hey, baby, want to go see Deadpool? I don't think that's a good pickup line. Because he even makes fun of people that are couples in the movie. Yes, you know. Oh, you thought this was gonna be a love story, huh? Well, you're wrong. It's a horror story. <laughs> As I do my best, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Um, we have to move on to get to our um, uh, triumphant of episode 13 here on Saturday the 13th. Supergirl for the girl who had everything. Episode 13. Which is a spin on uh, a classic Superman story yes, for, for the, the man. man who has everything. And also, um, uh, I don't, and you probably do remember this one, um, a bit of a take. I think that was also twisted um, somewhat in uh, Batman the Animated Series. If you can recall way, way back when, when uh, the Riddler put Batman in a fantasy world too. Yeah. But this was a very, very fun episode. They obviously actually did not spend much time in the fantasy world, which... I found somewhat disappointing. I would have liked to spend more time on Krypton, but... More young Kal-El. More young Kal-El. And I suppose that really is um, uh, my biggest issue with this episode. You have this big um, uh, thing that's a parasite that's obviously Kryptonian, and you do everything but call the one person that might know something about it. It's one of the biggest issues that Supergirl does have when you get into these kinds of stakes. You don't call the guy that might know something. Like... what the hell can Superman be possibly doing that is keeping him so busy that he doesn't have time to go help his cousin? I can understand he wants to let her um, defend National City. That I get. But this is um, uh, something with that she she can't obviously do 100% on her own, and she can at least give hmm. him a, an idea of what's going on. Yeah. Meanwhile, like Superman's just like, oh, you got that Black Mercy stuff on you? Have fun with that. I've yeah, lived through that I, once already, and I ain't touching that there, again. Been there, I'm done. I'm, I'm staying away from L- that. Listen, kids. If kid- Put my phone on vibrate. <laughs> listen, kids. If your friends tell you to do Black Mercy, it'll make you cool. They're wrong. Just say no to Black Mercy. Because it was um, it was fun to see her in that, and I have a question. How did she get a gun when she went into um, Kara's Fantasy? Her sister? I got a lot of questions. I actually think I have more issues with this episode. It's a fun episode, but there are just way too many questions it raises. I mean, well, one, my, my first instinct, how did the DEO apparently just let anybody come right in? Apparently. It's just like, oh, come on oh, in. Oh, Jim, uh, come on right in. Oh, James oh, Olsen? Win, win, come right on in. Oh, Jimmy really? Olsen, you mean Pulitzer Prize winning photojournalist? Yeah, come on in. Take come right some on pictures. in. We'll just let anybody come right into the Fo- DEO. No, Pulitzer Prize winning photojournalist. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand this is like, it's it's a TV show. It's got to be condensed. But like, you're talking about how Alex got the gun. My question is, how did Max just convert a random virtual reality machine to help? Good Alex point. jump right into her her dream. Good point. Again, like he just converts this as her. Put this on, you'll go right into her okay. dream. Here's what really? The, here's what I think. Pretty much happened is they were given the go ahead to um, adapt this classic story, and just said, "Screw it, we're gonna do it." And they didn't um, stop to any think of anything really. Yeah. I, in many ways, you can just kind of look at this episode as a completely standalone episode. Well, part of me thinks. 
They could have avoid. They could have just not included this whole Alex going into her sequence to try to recruit her back out. Mm-hmm. I think a better storyline would have been to keep Kara in her Black Mercy fantasy and have her come out come to own. terms and come out herself. Like, no, yeah, I almost I feel agree. like she didn't need somebody to come get her out. She could have came up. Yes, yeah, so I could have figured it, it out. It would have been. A te- it would also been ten times more powerful if she had figured it out herself and realized she has work to do on Earth and a family to protect on Earth, and realized that this is not real. Because no she started showing flashes that early, like she was like, ah, oh, she's this doesn't seem right, you know? Exactly. And, and, I, you know, not to mention when Alex shows up and then she like manhandles oh, for, these guards. Well, I'm like, really? The, you to, manhandle these two guards that are like alien? <laughs> well, so technically, um, Alex should have had superpowers because of Krypton's red sun, but but that's a completely different story altogether. <laughs> but more importantly, apparently on Krypton, you don't need to be awake for your trial or be able to mount a defense. She gets knocked out. She wakes up. We find the alien guilty. Uh, do I get to do anything? No, you're guilty. We had the trial without you. Yeah, I mean, and there's this like, and then with so the much black, for and then with the Black Mercy, first instinct should have been we got to get this off of her. And they tried, but oh wait, no, they didn't. They're like, oh, what is this thing? We got to get her to DEO first. Yeah, and then and then when the thing does come stupid, off of her, stupid. it just like goes on the ground and starts like crawling away. And- oh yeah, no, no one's like, uh, should we kill that thing? Uh, no. no, it's just the DEO. We let anything just wander just around here. We don't care. Just we let it wander. Let it get on someone else. As long as it's not a main character, no um, one cares. Let's talk about comic relief. Hank pretending to be Kara at work. Oh, God. That Best was, part of the episode. That was just awesome. Best part of the episode. In front of him, a cat. Hands behind the back trying to um, explain everything. Boy. Talk he, about some clever writing, clever acting. I mean, I. That was just. That was that, brilliant. That was complete, complete fun. Um, and let's talk about the big, uh, the big finale. Uh, um, yeah, um, the big, uh, the big fight and death. Ant's dead. She got a kryptonite sword run through her chest. Yeah, Astra. Astra. Astra's just dead. Yes. She was gonna take out um uh um uh Hank, but Alex with the save and a kryptonite sword that apparently we no one knew she had. So, do you think Black Mercy now is just like an alien of the week? Is it gone now? I think. Do you think we'll see it come back? A part of me is kind of hoping that we find out where it came from, right? um, And and we kind of get some some more. I mean, maybe they'll save that for next season, or they'll kind of leave it as a plot twist later on. Uh, Next week's episode is titled "Truth, Justice, and the American Way," which really gives us no hint to what to expect. No, that is (laughs) that that is just um, a complete um, but soup some I, I mean uh, do we crust. think we're going to see any superman at all I don't think we'll ever get to see superman unfortunately but you know what we will get to see in a few couple weeks that's the flash as we move on to episode 13 of the flash welcome to earth 2 the episode started out with a bit of a bang cuz as they run through the wormhole to get to earth 2 you see a bunch of things including the 1990s flash which you can watch the pilot online and it is utterly hilarious it is so 90s you also see in the bottom corner you see supergirl and you're just going out of your mind and part of me wishes that they had not really um released the information that they were going to do the crossover episode and that had been everyone's first um uh, thing that i mean just to first guarantee that it was actually going to happen 
Because it would have had, held so much more weight if no one had known that they were actually going to do it. If there were just the little inklings out there like, they might be doing this, who knows? <laughs> and then you would see that and that would have confirmed it. That would have been a much better way to confirm it. But that's just me nitpicking. Yeah, and, and that's all I can do with this episode, by the way, because I have to say of the two, um, and a, I guess two and a half, se- one and a half seasons of The Flash that have gone on, this is, was, was my favorite episode. It was just almost pure fun all around. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of the other uh, characters we saw during that uh, wormhole sequence, uh, we did see a hooded figure with a bow and arrow. Um, people think maybe it's older Arrow. Some people think maybe it's Connor Hawk, which is Oliver's son. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Gorilla Grodd, and we saw Jonah Hex. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, so, and some of those characters are going to be on Legends of Tomorrow, yeah. which, um, which is, I still want to do everything I can not to watch that show, but if some of these characters are really going to be on this show, I almost feel like well, I'm going to Jonah Hex to. is a cool character. I almost feel like I'm going to have to. But um, let's talk about Earth 2. So, you know, <laughs> uh, one big standout was Deadshot not being a very good shot. Yes. That uh, almost being a – see, what's weird about Earth 2 is that some of these guys – some of these characters are complete opposite of themselves, and some are just minor – alternates of yes, themselves. Like like Iris West is a minor alternate. Yep. Stands up for truth, justice, and all of those things, but instead of being a journalist, is now a cop. And Cisco on Earth 2, complete opposite. Oh, complete opposite. Badass, trench coat, sunglasses, long hair, gangster. Of, of course, we have um, uh, Caitlin as Killer Frost and Ronnie as Deathstorm. Oh, and I liked, I'll tell you this, I liked I liked Killer Frost Caitlin more than I like Earth 1 Caitlin. Well, you know, I was kind of digging that. She's a little bit of a smart ass. Mm-hmm. Ooh, More that. importantly, what a way to go, though, to get a, the kiss of death from her, huh? Yeah. Just <laughs> dead. But it was a fun episode. Obviously, a lot of it was based on um the inherent awkwardness as Earth One Barry Allen replaces Earth Two Barry Allen, who yeah. is a the head of the crime scene investigation unit in Earth Two. I, yeah, and I'm I'm kind of getting the, the impression here that or the Earth Two enjoyment is not going to last long. No, looks like they're going to come back next week somehow. I don't know how though, with Barry being locked in this prison cell thing, mm-hmm. how is he going to get out of that? More importantly, um, uh, I remember watching the episode and I was like, okay, I'm 94% certain Earth Two Barry is not Zoom. By the end of the episode, I'm like, maybe 57% since everyone else in their little group is a villain. Maybe because obviously, um, uh, let's take a quick look at some of the characters. Joe West, kind of a jerk in um, Earth Two, but it seems Barry Allen might be kind of a jerk in Earth Two because forcing um uh, Iris to get money so he can go get his doctorate. Yep. Um. Uh, obviously, Cisco villain, Caitlin villain, Ronnie villain, and Leonard Snart, good guy, mayor. Yep. And also, if you think about um, Harry, didn't see him. Doctor Wells, no, I'm Doctor Wells. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, uh, he's sort of a good guy Henry. on Earth too. Yeah. Well, ha- we don't know what Harry w- would have been on Earth one had he not been replaced by Eobard Thawne, but we don't really know if um uh, er- who Earth- who Zoom is. I can still say it could be Barry Earth two Barry Allen because we haven't seen them in the same place yet. Yes, um, they knocked um Earth two Barry Allen out, but who knows if he woke up. That's... It would also could be Henry Allen, and I still think it could be Eobard Thawne or, you know, the obvious choice of Hunter Zolomon. But this does beg- let, let me ask you a question, though, Brad. All right, we're going to— I was about to ask you probably the same exact question. Fire away. 
Okay, on Earth 2, what is Metal John? Um, I did put some thought into this. This was our we, homework for the yes, week. Yes, I did mine too. Our, our homework for the week was your Earth 2 self. Um, my Earth 2 would still be in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Probably not radio or podcasting, but TV, movies maybe. Um, oh, so a step I don't up. even know if I would be in front of the camera. Maybe more of like a behind the scenes guy, but definitely, definitely in the entertainment industry. All right. Um, that part of me will be similar to my Earth One, John. Yeah, yeah. But then I also put a spot in. I was like, but part of me is going to be the complete opposite of Earth One, John. Mm-hmm. And the complete opposite of Earth One, John, would be miserable, married, <laughs> a couple of kids. Oh God. And just burying myself in work so I don't have to deal with them. And you like new age music. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> new um Earth I 2 hipster. <laughs> Earth 2 John likes new age music. He says things like namaste. No, I'll probably probably go to bed at nine o'clock every night. Warm milk. Yep. Um okay, so Earth 2 Brad, I'm pretty sure is a sleazy politician. Just horrible, Ooh. backstabbing, sleazy politician. And he's probably in. I could see you being like a press secretary for the White House. Well, I suppose I could. That, that might be it. Maybe he's a press secretary for a sleazy politician. I don't know where, but he he plays the game and he um gets results. You don't want to get in his way because he's worse than Frank Underwood. Ooh, he's gonna throw you under a bus. And when by the way, said, did you see the House of Cards trailer? I did. When when I when I, he says throw you under a bus, he's actually going to get a bus and throw you under it. That is what he's going to do to you. <laughs> All right, another episode 13 from this week. Arrow, Sins of the Father. And oh boy, do things Pretty much happen. every storyline was focused on daddy issues. Yeah, every single one of them. Uh, daddy, first one daddy, we can talk about daddy. is Calculator Felicity. Mm-hmm. My opinion, I thought that whole storyline was so like rushed and just felt padded. like filler. Well, it felt like filler and I mean, it was padded. The previous week... They were kind of set it up to where the calculator was going to be a baddie, like a villain, like somebody who is going to be, you know, yeah. very dangerous. But then in this episode, he comes clean. They know about each other. She turns him in. End of storyline. And that's it. But we'll see what happens in the future, obviously. Yeah. Uh, uh, Oliver chopping off Malcolm's hand, basically yes. just to steal a ring. Yes. Jeez, and, that's a little uh, harsh. And I was, and um, I know I wasn't the only one who probably did this on Twitter. Let's give Malcolm a hand. Ha, 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 ha. But can I just say one thing? I realize when you have your death battle and you can have it on the top of the mountain, no one is going to see. They were like on a moderately tall, the roof of a moderately tall building. There were people in those offices saying, Hank, Hank, get over here. What? These two dudes, they're battling with swords. Oh, cool. Oh, crap. That one just cut off the other's hand. Should we call the cops? Nah. Let's see how this plays out. It just doesn't didn't make much sense to just do. It. If you're gonna do it, do it on a building that's a bit higher at the very least, so no one else yeah. can see. Uh, one of the major developments too is the basically the League of Shadows being allegedly. We'll see how that actually. I would be out. okay with them basically being gone because I was too. sort of getting annoyed and bored by them. I felt like they weren't doing anything. Felt like there was nothing going on, and I just felt like it was a lot of filler. And I was like, all right, well, oh, now agree. that you dismantle them, maybe. This will open up doors for something else, because I think that that's what the show is missing. It's but, really missing, like, mm-hmm. something to hook you, something to be like, oh, I can't wait to see how this plays. I can't wait to see how this. It's missing that. More importantly, I, I mean, however, though, 
Uh, it did end with a pretty cool moment there with Malcolm telling Dark about Oliver's son. Yeah, that's a that, that that's a jerk move there, Malcolm. Yeah, big jerk. Not to move. mention Felicity still doesn't really know about the son yet. Either. I thought I'm a. I thought he told her. I don't I, remember I don't anymore. Think she, I don't think she knows. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, Bruce, but, Bruce from Family Guy is the best character. But, but obviously, yes, a lot of them things. Obviously, Thea is going to be fine now. Um, Malcolm is now definitely somebody's going to still be in that grave though. Malcolm is definitely um in the I hate Oliver camp now, and what, someone, cut off his hand. I mean, that's kind of a yeah. You know, that was a bit of overkill by Oliver to say. Gonna ch- not to mention he cuts off the hand. Just to steal a ring to give to his wife, who he's been cheating on. Yes. And more importantly, I, one of my favorite lines was, I think we can forego the removing of the shirts. No! <laughs> no, you may not. This is tradition. So next week's episode, uh, the title is Code of Silence, which I'm thinking is going to be something. I think that very might very spoilish. Like something's going to something's going to be revealed where, you know. Right. That we've been in the dark on. Yeah. Ooh, Damien Dark on. Ooh, dis. <laughs> okay, as we um, close out the show, we want to give you a quick reminder. Tomorrow night, it returns. Walking Dead is coming back. Finally. Walking Dead returns. I'm excited, Brad. I know we've got some time before Gotham is back on February 29th. Mm-hmm. 10 Cloverfield Lane, by the way, that Super Bowl trailer. Yeah. There it is. It was. Oh, my God, metal. All right, I'm, <laughs> I'm pumped for that. I can't wait. But, um, uh, but anyway, so Walking Dead, um, got any, returns, so, something you want something Bold you predictions want to for the second half? Um, I think we're going to see a major character get killed by Negan. Because that's what happens in the comic. And I Glenn? Think, I, think Glenn I don't think Glenn's going to have a head anymore. Oh, God, that'd be so awesome. Because how cool is that, that they had this huge twist, this huge mystery of, is Glenn alive? Is he alive? Is he dead? Is he alive? Is he alive? No, he hid under the dumpster. Sure enough, he hid in the dumpster, Wouldn't and he it... lived. But then for Negan to maybe smash his First head. First episode back. Oh, you have awesome that, would that be? You, yeah. have, you have all that um, uh, um, uh, hoopla, and then just basically in the first five minutes, first five minutes, just okay. wham, so, wham. I... I got a question for you. You probably, I think you know a little bit more about the comic storyline than I do. Yeah. But another comic storyline that I was reading about that I want to happen, and there's rumors that it might happen. It's not been confirmed, but there's rumors that might happen is that Glenn, I mean, not Glenn, Carl loses his eye. Well, that'd be a good one, too. I mean, they obviously have a lot of source material they can go back to, and they can obviously do what they want on their own. I mean, I got to be honest with you, though, this season. Has been just one episode after another has been really awesome. So well, yeah, they've got they've got they've got a lot of work to do to kind of keep that flow going. And I think you got to open up tomorrow night's episode with something awesome I and mean, just you know it, and get fans all, all, all been talking about intent- it. But we're going to be talking about it next week for sure. It's been all high intensity episodes. Thank you for listening to the Hillcrest Duel. This has been episode twenty two of the Duel. We will be back next week. Be sure to tune in. I am Brad Risto at Outsider Brad. He is Metal John at Metal John Radio. Thank you, and we will see you next week.